Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Passionate about standing up for all Canadians. The Roy Green Show continues. I've been getting uh, Easter wishes and sentiments from people. Thank you so much. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. And uh, a couple of them have referenced the uh, Easter bunny. I'm sort of reluctant to tell you this. But my little Yorkshire Terrier tried to, um, he had malevolent plans for the Easter bunny. was chasing him this morning. And uh, because the Easter bunny had uh, come into our yard again. And uh, the little guy was having none of that. So the Easter Bunny was, you know, delivering his, his wares, and uh, my little guy was trying to intercept him and do bad things to him. However, the Easter Bunny was faster and squeezed through a hole the terrier couldn't get through, and, you know, he's just grumbling at home. But <laughs> I thought this would be the worst possible day in the, of the year for... The little guy to catch the rabbit. I think they have a game going. I think the rabbit just, the rabbit knows he'll get away. And so he just teases him. Anyway, glad you're with us on this Easter Sunday. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. Last Sunday, I spoke with Kerry in the United States. Kerry is a chronic pain patient, intractable pain patient. And she had her medications, her opioid medications, um, taken away from her by her specialist. She'd been getting them for some 15 years. And uh, Carrie told her story, and what it did was it caused people to cry. I saw emails all week long from listeners who said either I, they heard Carrie on Sunday or they listened back at RoyGreenShow.com in the podcast, and they were crying. And so uh, Carrie's back with us. Can you hear me, Carrie? Yes, I can. Okay, are you are you on speakerphone? Not any longer. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it doesn't sound very good when we're on speaker. You had a tremendous yes, I... you had a tremendous impact on people last weekend. Thank you. I'm I'm very honored. Well, people feel you know, listeners feel very very strongly. We have a we're very compassionate. People are very compassionate generally. They don't like to see individuals harmed. When when a story is understood, when a situation is understood, and it becomes very clear that there's harm being done, then that's when folks have had enough. And this whole issue about the opioid crisis has been so managed and massaged by the side that wants to take away the opioid medications from pain patients who live in agony every day that it, it's they've become almost um, collateral damage. But now when we hear the stories of the individual pain patient, like yours, it brings the true picture back to people's focus. So not everybody was with us last Sunday. Can you just give us an overview of, of who you are, what you're living with, what 
what and what happened to you? Just a summary of, of what we talked about last weekend. Um, let's see. I um, I have been <clears throat> twenty years ago. A very large, heavy object fell on my head and damaged my spine. And um, so, for the last twenty years, I've I've lived with constant daily pain and. Because of the type of injury that it was, it has caused all other types of um, subsequent problems. And I've, I've, I've got nine separate diagnoses, all of which cause constant pain. Um, seven uh, cause neuropathic pain, specifically, which is that type of pain causes a, an intense burning pain when your nerves are just overactive and damaged. And four of those seven uh, diagnoses are autoimmune, which is, those are separate issues that I have. But, um, so I mean, I've got, one of these disorders is chronic regional pain syndrome, type two, which is a result of direct damage to a nerve. And um, it's, it scores so high on uh, something that's called the McGill pain scale that it's sometimes called the suicide disease because it can cause you such intense pain that you, you really just don't. It, it, it removes your will to, to, to live because you can't function. It's so painful. It's, it scores higher, actually, on this, this McGill pain scale that it's, it's higher than cancer pain. And this is what you live with? Yes, every day. And I, I wanted to say something, if I can, just to describe how I felt um, when my medications were cut off this most recent time. Now it's been about a week and a half. Um, the first feeling I had was I was in shock. I was I was literally just numb. And then... And then I felt as though my doctor had dropped a hammer on my head. You know, I, I told my husband as I absorbed the shock, it turned to a feeling of, of betrayal because my beloved doctor, with whom I had entrusted my life, was refusing now to treat painful diseases that he himself had diagnosed for me. And this is how I explain it to people. I, I felt as if I had been on a, on a plane ride with my doctor. We were up in the air. We were on this ride together. And uh, suddenly he turned to me and said, I have no choice, but you, you have to get off now. And um, I can't provide you with a parachute and then just shove me out a door knowing that I would likely not survive without treatment. You know, this is literally a life or death situation for chronic pain patients like me. And people really need to understand that. It is life or death for us. You know, we have, it is so disturbing to hear this because it's so unnecessary. It is so unnecessary because the opioid medication, morphine, has been used for forever to, to deal yeah. with pain. Forever. 
And very effective. And very effective. Very and it's very affordable. It's it is very affordable. So, yes, uh, it is so disturbing to know this is happening to you. We've talked to, and you're in the United States. We just well, there's no border when it comes to this issue. No, We've talk- I, I have something I'd actually like to say about that. Okay, but, we'll take a break in just a but, second, but but then we'll we'll have you do that. I just I just want to let people know that there are people on. So many people and millions of people on both sides of the border who are being consigned to live in hell daily because they may not have their prescription medication. Meanwhile, the fantasy that's being spun Mm -hmm. is that the opioid medication that the pain patients receive somehow responsible for the opioid crisis that politicians talk about on a regular basis, and it is critical when, 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 when an addict becomes overdoses and, and, and dies, it's a terrible situation. For the, mm-hmm. for, the, for the pain patient, the opioid medication is a matter of survival, not death by overdose, survival by a prescription that has been written by a physician who's worked out the necessary parameters for that particular patient. That has now been destroyed. And I want to add this for our, everybody in this country. The Canadian Pain Society, which includes doctors and scientists, all right? The Canadian Pain Society, and in, uh, in their description of who they are, uh, they write, quote, supports the treatment of pain as a basic human right, end quote. So far, so good. However, the Canadian Pain Society has a major conference in Montreal in May, and their keynote speaker is Dr. Jane Ballantyne. And Dr. Jane Ballantyne is an American anesthetist who believes that chronic pain patients should just be required to live with it. So much so, so much for the point by the Canadian Pain Society that uh, they support treatment of pain as a basic human right when their keynote speaker says, just live with it. I just wanted to point that out. Can I, do I have uh, enough time right now? No, we'll take a break and then we'll come back, okay? Okay. Don't go away. Okay. We'll come back with Kerry right after this. You know you hit the big leagues when you're a guest on his show. This is the Roy Green Show. Human Rights Watch uh, is looking into the issue of chronic pain patients and uh, their medication issue, Human Rights Watch in the United States. And they have a chapter here in Canada as well. We're going to persuade Human Rights Watch in Canada to do the same thing as they're doing in the U.S. And we'll be talking to Diedrich Lohmann, the health director of Human Rights Watch in New York City, before the end of the hour. And I want to take some phone calls as well from some chronic pain patients. Before we conclude the show today, Take some calls from some people who are living with pain every single day who have run into the issue of their doctors who are terrified of uh, medical authorities and politicians and have withdrawn their opioid prescriptions. And the colleges keep saying, well, there's nothing to be afraid of. You don't, no, 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 this is only your guideline. No, no, doctors are scared. And, and, and from what I understand, and you know, some people say it hasn't happened, others say it has, uh, doctors have been investigated and have been... Uh, Hold on the carpet for prescribing opioids. I'll be talking to one of the foremost uh, pain docs who just left, just retired, because he was being uh, hounded by 
a government agency for providing medication to parents to patients. Carrie, what was it, what was it you wanted to to share with us? I, well, first of all, I'd like to touch back on what you you started talking about before we went to break, which mm-hmm. is that physicians and chronic pain patients are assigned the responsibility for for the problem, and the stigma is firmly attached to us. We're blamed as the instruments of addiction when the facts simply do not support this version of the story. And we deserve the right to some semblance of a functional life similar to that of a person blessed with good health. Good health, I mean. Waking up and living your life where you function, quote-unquote, normally is something which I know very well is taken for granted until you lose it forever, as I did 20 years ago. And, you know, I, I would just like to make an appeal. I really would like to make an appeal because, as we discussed, this issue has no borders and should not be politicized. And with that in mind, I'd like to make an appeal to everyone affected, whether they're chronic pain patients themselves or the family and friends of chronic pain sufferers. I I beg all of you to take action, speak out on behalf of those of us directly affected by what I perceive this is a war against access to our treatment. You need to contact anyone you know in the media, talk to doctors you know, contact government officials and your elected representatives who are creating these policies that are making us the collateral damage. We have to summon all our energy to help ourselves and help educate all these very influential people about the other side of this story. Mm -hmm. Because those people who are denying us our treatment and they think it will prevent addiction do not understand what is being forced on us with the best of intentions. I believe they have the best of intentions. But we're being harmed by these actions, and we're being forced to choose between life and death. And sadly, too many have already chosen suicide. So please, everybody, take action. We need your help. I'll endorse that that 100%. Based on, on what I've heard from so many people and, and talking to physicians as well, uh, some of them are just aghast that they cannot yeah. do what they feel they should. Now, last well, time when you were with us last up. weekend, there were a couple of things that you wanted to say, and I want to make sure that yeah. we have the, you have the chance to do so. We have about four minutes here. So go okay. ahead, Carrie. Well, what I'd like to say first is I, I have compassion for the victims of addiction. I don't want anyone to think that I don't. I know they're suffering greatly in dealing with those issues. And I would never do anything to add to their suffering. But these policies and actions are causing immense suffering for all chronic pain patients in the U.S. and Canada and everywhere. And I, I don't think those dealing with addiction would want to inflict suffering on us, but they are. We're, as I said, the collateral damage of many of these policies and guidelines, and I do not believe for a moment that this is what they intend, but it is what's happening. And here in the United States, there are an estimated 
116 million people who are suffering from chronic pain and we're being forced, we're being told that we can only now be treated by pain management specialists. There are only approximately 4,000 pain management specialists, chronic pain management specialists here in the U.S. And they're expected to deal with managing our treatment. And that, that's a crisis for us because that's an impossible ratio. Mm-hmm. We don't have the we don't have the resources here either. No, we don't. No, we simply no. do not. And they're talking and, about and multidiscipline uh, approaches. There aren't enough people. There are enough. There are not enough no. trained professionals to do that job. No. So, in in between, we 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 can't be forced into that without. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like my 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 comparison to the the no parachute you know we there's no parachute there's mm-hmm. this immense gap and we're we we've been orphaned i have to ask you this and, how how are you doing you said that it's been a, a week now that you haven't been prescribed your pain meds how are you doing i have approximately 2 weeks worth of pain medication before my most recent prescription runs out. I am trying not to panic. I am trying desperately to find someone else, another doctor. But um, I have not been successful. And, um, you know, I'm trying to remain calm. I'm trying really hard not to be, not to cry like I did last week, but this is so terrifying for me. And I, I just have one final comment because I know now we have about we're going seconds. to have to conclude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to restore sanity, humanity, and compassion to the conversation about opioids. And I would love to see access to treatment restored to the millions of us who've been forcibly and involuntarily denied the very medications which enable us to function and have some semblance of a life worth living. We want to live. We all have family who feel helpless to ease our suffering. Right. They look into our eyes with tears in theirs as they witness our constant, unrelenting pain. Kerry, okay. we're going to have to... I'll stay in touch with and you. And they can't help us. We'll have you back on. I'll touch base with you before the next couple of weeks. I'll see if I can help you a little bit as well. Okay? Thank you so much. Take good care. Thank you. You too. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. There's Carrie in uh, in the U.S., and that is her reality, and this reality of Canadian pain patients too. Human Rights Watch, when we come back. <laughs> 